Hi and welcome to the Andy Gorman Golf One Putt Podcast and we're here for our round two, fifth hole. Um, I'm here, I'm not alone of course, got my little gruesome twosomes here. Um, it's uh, Gareth, you're in my studio. Um, I'm just doing some cleaning, I'm just doing some cleaning for you, getting ready. Screen saver. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's got me moth out in the Dyson. <laughs> well, you've done a good job by the looks of it. It looks nice and clean. Um, definitely looks cleaner than the last time uh, I was in. But uh, yeah, as we have gutted it, we're now about to restock it, get all the new uh, equipment in, which is uh, which is going to be great. I'm looking forward to getting back into the studio this week uh, for my custom fitting sessions. Um, and obviously consultation, data point collection and analysis. And we will get, uh, you know, and get folks, rolling the ball again um you know nice and efficiently i just can't i can't wait you know as much as i love doing the remote platform programming um analysis etc um you know, there's nothing beats being face to face with clients even if we have to do it behind masks these days you know i mean it's it's still uh, great to have folk in the studio and be able to work with them um specifically on their needs um you know and and seeing the improvements firsthand it just can't be beaten so uh, trust you had a good weekend. Did you manage to get and watch any golf? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I enjoyed the golf. I missed that there was nothing from the States, really. I saw, I don't know if you saw a little bit of the match, the, the Mickelson match with Charles Barkley. And I guy. didn't know it's, um, you know, and I actually like the fact that, you know, the PGA Tour is not bigger than Thanksgiving. I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a great for the guys and girls to get back to the families and spend some time as, you know, Thanksgiving is, is a big celebration. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, for those of you who follow from this side of the pond, um, you know, it is, it is great. And, you know, I, I think it should be, you know, preserved um, as a family time and a great opportunity for folk to get together. So, you know, I really do, um, you know, I, I really do think that PGA do very well to sort of allow folk at least a week off, you know, and of course then Christmas. So 50 weeks of the year, I think is more than enough. We don't need 51 um, to be playing. But of course in Europe, you know, we don't necessarily have Thanksgiving as, as such. And, you know, we kind of embrace it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we're out playing tournaments and yeah, I saw some fantastic golf over the weekend. I mean, yeah, just, you know, you see folk going out there and trying to, you know, sort of, win tournaments for the first time you know seeing a lot of that at the moment you know especially with the um you know golf in south africa i think was just phenomenal i love watching the golf and the coverage of golf from leopard creek i think the european tour do a fantastic job in embracing the local ecology and uh allowing us to see literally what is on the doorstep of that great golf course I mean, it's amazing it's, uh, isn't it? amazing when I was, I was watching a few players kind of social media accounts and you're posting morning pictures having breakfast with elephants and hippos. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, look, I mean, that's, that's living in the wild, but you know, that's that, you know, they haven't shut it out. You know, of course, I think, you know, there's the odd, you know, uh, creature or, you know, that's a little bit more than a critter, um, you know, that, that should be the other side of a fence or, you know, river, um, but, you know, I think it's great. Now, you know, I haven't got very many bucket list golf courses, to be honest with you, of courses that I would really like to play or visit, um, apart from the obvious ones. 
But, you know, for the not so obvious ones, Leopard Creek in the Kruger National Park has to be up there. Mm. And, uh, you know, certainly for me, I mean, I'd love that opportunity. I think, you know, if it, and I think it would be a very difficult decision for me to make if I was doing a, um, doing a trip to set up somewhere which is accessible for players to go to. So, you know, maybe a St Andrews or, um, you know, or a, a Pebble Beach, um, you know, or the Sandbelt courses uh, in Australia. I think it would be very difficult not to have an option for Leopard Creek and, mm. you know, the, and the Safari. Mm. I mean, you know, to, I think golf and lifestyle go together. And I think it would be a fantastic opportunity to be able to do that. And, you know, certainly, you know, I'm sure, you know, those in the audience, um, you know, would, if they would like their bucket list uh, golf courses to be added to, you know, list of trips, you know, we know how good Dubai is for golf and, uh, you know, phenomenal golf courses and great facilities around uh, the area as well, not just Dubai, but, you know, you can drive across to Abu Dhabi and play some great golf courses there and, you know, but, yeah, there's already a very short list of places that you know you could literally get out and play mm-hmm. some phenomenal golf, but also have some great experiences as well. So, um, not all With that, that to end. Where have you Where have you been, Andy? Where have you kind of had that almost that Kruger National Park kind of sensation, the wow factor? What some of the courses that you've been to or worked up to? We know you've been out in, in Jamaica and places like that, the Caribbean. Yeah. I mean, okay, you know, I did did travel around the Caribbean and play, you know, tournaments that I was coaching the national team and got the opportunity to see some great golf courses. You know, as you know, Barbados is, you know, almost like a second spiritual second home, really. And, you know, given the opportunity, both Becky and I would jump at it, you know, and, and go and have, the, if we had the opportunity to live out of there, I think we would. Um, you know, and if, if the golf coaching becomes more, uh, online and uh, less contact, um, you know, then, then who knows? But, yeah, I mean, again, phenomenal golf courses and great, you know, sort of lifestyle experiences as well, you know, sort of scuba diving or snorkeling, you know, that goes with the um, plantation tours and um, some fantastic cuisine, of course, you know, you know, I don't drink, you know, but I, I would have no problem with allowing Becky to take folk on a plantation tour of some rum distilleries or uh, wineries or wherever it may happen to be. So, you know, that's kind of, it is something that we, you know, we're very much looking to do and expand our, you know, reach on and, um, you know, play some great golf courses, obviously have some great coaching um, face-to-face um, opportunity to be able to host clinics, etc. but also, you know, to uh, to offer lifestyle in, you know, in leisure and culture and, you know, and Becky's much more well-travelled than I am, you know, of course, with nearly 20 years working for British Airways. So, you know, she's, and, and she didn't just go from, you know, from London to poolside at a hotel destination where they happened to be flying. She actually got and embraced the cultures and, you know, went out and, and visited many of the, uh, you know, the local um, sort of interest spots, not mm. necessarily just tourist spots, but interest spots, you know, because she, you know, she loves culture, you know, wherever she's been, you know, she's uh, seen some places that, you know, ordinarily British nationals would never get to see, you know, and, um, 
you know, which is which is phenomenal, you know, really. So um, it's not for me to divulge, um, mm. you know. Becky will share that at some point, but um, you know, yeah. And to be able to wrap that, wrap those kind of cultural experiences up around golf would be phenomenal. So mm. yeah, I'm That's fairly limited nice. when it comes. Mm. To- yeah, exactly. You know, it's, um, but you know, I, I'm fairly limited when it comes to sort of, to, you know, the traveling that I've done and the golf courses that I've seen or played on or coached at, you know, being phenomenal, but you know, again, the opportunity you're there to work invariably. And so my, yeah, I've never traveled on holiday to golf. Um, that's not something I've ever done. Not something I, you know, sort of would never do, but you know, holiday to golf has never been on my list it's more to get away from from golf so the opportunity to play you know and of course the trips that i do invariably are work related trips with so i now do work related trips with a little bit of holiday involved um you know if we get the opportunity to travel uh together you know it'll be a couple of days of work and a couple of days of you know sort of enjoying uh, you know the culture and that's that's been a change in the last couple of years but of course who knows when we're going to get to travel properly again so yeah. you know but the players that are traveling are providing phenomenal uh entertainment on the golf course and i think you know uh, you know we, we're seeing some incredible golf played like i say in south africa um Hout, i think is a reasonable it's a good, stab it's a, it's at it it's a good effort um, christian, christian i know, think we'll go with christian, we? yeah we can go with christian now um but christian what you know fantastic golf played um a you know, four shot victory really didn't sort of set it up as as uh, you know it just doesn't say how close it was um you know right the way i think until about the 12th or 13th hole it was anybody's mm-hmm. and anybody that you see on that finishing list you know could have just as easily you know done it you know there's some phenomenal scoring opportunities uh at leopard creek but Boy, if you get it slightly wrong, it's a little bit like, you know, Augusta in a way that would punish you, you know, for getting it slightly wrong. And, um, you know, especially how quick the greens were, especially how quick the greens were. Yeah, yeah, very grainy as well. So very difficult to sort of read them and, you know, but super smooth surfaces as well to put on. You know, it looked like, you know, a good place to go and sort of put your game to the, Mm -hmm. you know, to the test. But Phil Phil for Sean Crocker, because, you know, I think he had an eight at the last and, had he have made four, he'd have been tied for the lead, you know, in, in a playoff. So particularly unfortunate off the tee, pitches on the top of the roof of a buggy as that's going down the cart path. So he'd have landed on the cart path if he hadn't hit the buggy. So, you know, uh, the roof, the roof sent it out of bounds. And of course he ended up with an eight then as he's, he's at a decent tee shot, you know, as his second, second drive, you know, he's playing his fourth shot into the green and rolls over the back and into the water. I mean, that's just how, brutal you know that final hole is but you get it in the right place and make birdie and all of a sudden you know you or even eagle you know you can change your tournament you know yeah. in in one moment so uh yeah i think it's uh it, you know phenomenal phenomenal golf great facility and you know it's uh obviously you've seen some interesting shots played on in that last round and you know and and on that last hole in particular over the years but uh yeah. um there's no easy layup either no god, that that eighteenth looked a scary, a scary pitch over the water. Yeah, it's very. I would say it's pretty similar to the fifteenth at Augusta in terms mm. of the way that it plays. 
you know, and get it slightly wrong, of course, you, you know, it's an, relatively an island green. So mm-hmm. um, probably even a tougher approach than Augusta yeah. would be. But um, yeah. How do you treat those kind of shots, Andy? When, when kind of there's a, a balance of an object you've got to go over or some water, how do you treat those shots? Do you play t- beyond the flag? Do you, what, what the kind of thought process you go through with a player to make sure they don't go in the water or go into danger? Well, I think your biggest challenge on that particular hole is that you can't play beyond the flag, you know, and you can't play to the fat of the green because the green's angled as well. So, you know, and I've not played it, you know, I've not mm. not seen it, but, you know, it, it, the angle seems to be, you play a little bit left and, it, you know, you get over the water easier, but then the water behind the green is closer. Um, so you pull it, of course, we know that that tends to go a little bit further. You've, it puts a premium on playing the shot from the um, from the fairway so that you can get control on your spin. It's a green that's really designed to take a, a short iron approach shot easily. Um, but again, you're playing it off a slightly downhill lie. So, you know, again, the premium on strike is important. So, yeah, it's... How do you approach it? You approach it on the basis of where you stand, I think. You know, I don't think you can stand... You, if you don't flight the golf ball up enough and your, your ability to stop the ball quickly enough, then you don't play that shot uh, into the green for two. So now you're putting the, the onus on the layup. The layup has to get into the fairway, has to get a decent lie. There's a lot of the divots around those areas as well when you play in them. So you're going to end up, you play, you play the safe shot layout, you end up in the divity lie, sandy lie or whatever, and you've got to end up, you know, playing a sandy divity bunk, you know, almost bunker type shots that, you know, the ball's possibly sitting down in invariably. So it's never really, you know, there's no such thing as a safe or easy layup. So it's a, it, yeah, it, it's one of those, I think it's a great hole for an 18th. It's the risk reward it puts the onus on spin control and flight and, um, you know, and obviously you're doing it under pressure if you're trying to, um, you know, to win that tournament, whether you're trying to get into the winning position or you are in the winning position is no, you could run, look, you know, just as easy for Christian to, to have made eight or nine at the last as it was for Sean Crocker to do so, you know, and it's, um, yeah, you know, and that's that's where the challenge is, of course. Mm. You know, it's just as easy for anybody. It's going to have to play those shots. You know, one one makes eight, the other makes four, and, you know, the, the, the difference is a four-shot victory. Mm. Um, you know, albeit, you know, at that point in time, you know, they were in different stages of the round, so it wasn't quite as definitive as it was. But, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, just sometimes there are really difficult holes and you've got to negotiate them. There's And... You know, sometimes you have to negotiate them by the seat of your pants. I mean, that's you make the decision there and then based on where you stand in the tournament. So, yeah, exactly so. that. Shall we go a little bit closer to home? Shall we go to Mallorca? I don't mind we going could to Mallorca go to this time. I think it, yeah. yeah, the weather's not so good. Um, it very good. Oh, dear me. I mean, you know, playing golf in, in long, long pants and, you know, for our friends over in the States, playing in trousers. Uh, and skins because this was the ladies European tour and um, wow Emily Pettersson mm. three on the bounce what an incredible three weeks that girl's had mm. it's hard to win down the bounce you, you yeah. know a little bit of travel as well 
but it's hard to win on the bounce. It's hard to win and sustain where you are, the euphoria of the win. Um, and I've never had the pleasure to be able to do so, you know, in, in multiple round tournaments. I've, I've won a couple on the bounce, you know, sort of, you know, one day events, etc. And yeah, you know, it's great experiences, but my word to play in, you know, sort of 54s and holes, etc. and, you know, 72 holes or whatever they, you know, the girls were playing, you know, in their different events, just incredible to keep that going. And of course you had a dad on the bag, which was great, you know, um, and you could see what it meant to her, not just to win, but to, to win with a dad on the bag. And, you, you know, I, I get that one. Um, but, you know, we, we see some strange golf as well, you know, and, you know, the weather conditions can dictate, you know, what shots are going to be playable and what they're not. And, you know, playing on the Bermuda grasses in wet conditions as they're supposed to be played in dry, firm conditions, you know, can throw all sorts of, you know, spanners in the works, really. And, you know, you see good players, exponents of, you know, the sh a simple, straightforward shot, struggle with ground conditions. But, um, but Emily just seems to, again, another four-shot victory, was it? Um, made it look easy, but it, you know, it, it wasn't, it's almost like she's, you know, she started thinking about it with nine holes to go, I think, and just not struggle to get over the line. But, you know, I think her experiences over the last few years where she's had her struggles at a game in a, you know, tough place, had her head in a tough place by mm. all accounts, you know, being able to come out you know, Victor on that, you know, makes her a very strong player. And of course, she's European, so we've got the Solheim Cupper, um, you know, in there as well. So I think it's going to be, you know, next year Solheim Cup's going to be a strong team. But, uh, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how she gets on in the US, playing for the US um, Open in a couple of weeks' time, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. You know, and again, you know, an opportunity to see a, a US Open in December, you know, for the girls is uh, is bizarre. But I mean, of course, we're concluding a very bizarre year. So, right, uh, but you do see some good quality putting as much as you get see some questionable putting. Yeah, who um, stands out for you, Andy? You're watching a little bit of the LAT of the kind of Rose series now into the, the kind of race to Mallorca. Um, who, who stands out? Who's the kind of the, the player that really has, has got the all-round putting in short game? Um, I've got to go with the Spaniard, Atha Munoz. Mm. Um, I think from a putting stroke, it's as solid as any of uh, of the girls, it, it, or, or more solid than any of the other girls. It's um, she stands in athletic posture. She allows the arms to hang effectively. You know, she she understands. Whether that's conscious understanding, but she understands what athletic capabilities are on, on the greens. And she's no less an exponent around the greens as well. You know, she's a typical Spaniard, you know, the ability to be able to execute shots around the greens. I don't know what it is that happens to you and you it's in your birthright, I guess. But um it, you know, yeah, I, I just think she's an all-round, you know, sort of super, you know, short time player and it, you know. But, but an exceptional putting stroke. And, you know, of course, she doesn't hold every single putt. She'd win every tournament if she did. But, that's, you know, she has a, a really good, solid technique. And it's definitely something that folk can just turn to look at. And, you know, uh, she's easy on the eye. So, you know, from a, um, 
aesthetics point of view, you know, sort of not a problem there. But um, yeah, she does she does tick all the boxes um, from a from a putting method point of view, and I think you know she does an extremely good job week in week out with the putter. And I guess you know there are some greens that she likes more than others, but you know I have admired her, you know, sort of her putting and you know and well I admire a lot about her game actually I mean she doesn't hit the golf ball very far you know she's not a big girl she doesn't generate huge amounts of speed she gets the hybrids out and the fairway woods into the into par fours and you know and does a, a very good job it's because yeah. she has to rely on a short game that's why you know she's been able to make a career playing in on the let which does not pay a huge amount of reward you know if you're not there in the top five to ten players every single week you are you know, you are barely breaking even, so it can be a real tough uh, existence. So, um, and I yeah, think that's something that, that kind of we've talked about a lot on the podcast of, of players relying on their short game. I heard a, another podcast with with Matt Fitzpatrick the other day, and he was the argument about the Bryson effect and should I bulk up, should I not? And and he had the argument of, well, I just want to keep putting in play, keep giving myself chances, rely on I know how good my short game is. And, and give myself my chances that way. Do you agree with that approach, Andy, for, for Fitzpatrick in particular? Yeah, I do. Um, for every player that makes it, there's a thousand that don't. That, you know, that, that's, yeah. and, and I don't know, that might be 2,000, might be 3,000, 5,000. But so the odds on making it onto the tour, you know, you are ranked in the top. Typically, let's just say PGA and European Tour, where there's 300 golfers every week get to play on those two tours. You are going to be ranked in the top 400 golfers in the world, typically to play. Now, we know that that will extend out. There's a few that aren't playing, etc. But you, you're in the top four or 500 golfers in the world. There are 25, 30 million golfers around the planet. You know, so... You, the odds of you playing tour golf are going to be pretty slim. And I think if you were looking at the odds of, I mean, look at the, you know, the odds on the uh, LPGA tour. We wonder why when we look at the leaderboard and we can see so many Eastern names, you know, sort of Korea and China mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of Malaysia. And we look at those numbers when we work out the fact that their junior program in South Korea has 3,000 golfers under the age of 18 playing off a scratch handicap or better. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I remember when I heard the stat that it was 1,200 and I was talking, to, you know, I was had fortune about five years ago having breakfast with David Ledbetter and, you know, we had, we had a great round of golf, which he allowed us, he hosted us to play at um, Champions Gate and, you know, you know morning and then we got back in sort of you know 11 o'clock so it was a late breakfast early lunch you know and we had that time with him and you know ask as many questions as you like opportunity and you know and I said to him you know about the, the girls you know this 1200 girls and he said oh crikey so that was about 10 years ago sort of 15 years ago now um you know it's that number's 3000 plus now you know junior golfers playing off a scratch handicap 3,000 in one nation is just mind-boggling. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that that said then, you know, the quality of golf that's going to come out of those areas 
is also going to be, you know, exceptional. Um, you know, I think when you when you look at it, when you come back to the numbers, how many then American girls are playing on the LPGA Tour? It is predominantly, you know, sort of Eastern, you know, sort of, uh, you know, clientele, you know, that are that are sort of based on that LE, uh, LPGA. But there's only going to be, a, well, I think about 120 golfers each week play on, on the LPGA. Mm-hmm. So very few Americans, very few Europeans are going to be playing, going to be contending. So let's just say the 60 spots are going to, you know, America, European, you know, sort of clients. You know, we talk about the Americas, you know, sort mm-hmm. of so Western golfers versus half of the field coming from, you know, sort of the eastern side of the world. And that that is okay. I mean, you know, the demographic, you know, it's not for me to challenge, it's for the best players in the world. So if the best players, if 120 of the best players come from South Korea alone, great for South Korea's golfers that you know are, are, are doing just that because they are producing the best golfers in the world their program needs looking at you know what is it that they're doing that's making them so much better than the western um golfers that are not making it if that is what the demographics made up but irrespective if you're the thousandth ranked golfer in the world the likelihood of you playing on tour then is, is going to be pretty slim so when you when you know if if you get to play on tour because you have a great short game but you only hit it 200 and go back to the men now you only hit it 260 yards deal with that you know by all means try and generate more speed Mm. but do it within your framework now you know the beauty about it is um uh wilco i'm trying to think of his last name now from last week's um Mm. events i can't remember his last name for a second but um you know from last week you know we saw Here's a kid who is a strip of wind, right? There's nothing to him. He's he's not half the size of Bryson, you know. But in a, in appearance, he looks like you know Bryson would Bryson would just snap him in two like a pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's generating clubbed speed in comparison, and if not more in excess of what Bryson's doing, nobody's really shouting about him because you know, hey, he's not quite there yet in the winner's circle. But he's got a very conventional looking golf swing and he's generating on 30 plus mile an hour clubhead speed. That's what's to come from these kids now. And we've been teaching this principle. I don't know when Bryson decided to get on this boat, but, you know, if it's just recent, the last two years, these kids have been learning it for 10. I've been working with players who've been working with fitness instructors, you know, talking about clubhead speed and power and, you know, ballistics you know, ground force reactions, all these things for, for the best part of 10 years, mm. you know, and these kids are now just starting to come through into, you know, the, the sort of upper ranks of, uh, um, you know, amateur golf and, and some of them are breaking onto the um, senior paid ranks. So yeah. yeah, watch this space really. And I think, yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that the golf ball can go 430 yards in the right hands. <laughs> but, you know, and Wilco will learn to win. I think he has a phenomenal career ahead of him in spite of whether or not the ball gets, um, you know, dialed back. But you've still got to get the ball in the hole. It still comes down to the fact that if you have a poor method and you can't start the ball online 
which then compromises your, your stroke speed and your ball speed. So your distance control is a challenge. You aren't going to win tournaments. No. You know, you've still got to have sufficient stroke gained capability on the greens to, you know, and then one of the things I loved about Christian and, you know, I've been observing Christian for a long while because, you know, he uses a two thumb grip um, and, you know, I've got the good friends of mine own, own the company. So I've been familiar with him. He's been used it for years. And, you know, so he's employing that method. You know, and I think that's phenomenal that he, you know, he does. The beauty about it is, from his point of view, is he's stuck to a method and principle that works, but he gets those short-range putts in with good speed. It's almost as if, I ain't worried about the one coming back because there ain't one. Yeah, because you know, these greens weren't slow. They were 14-4 on the stint meter, and he was know, knocking, him in at some, knocking him in at some pace. They weren't, they weren't yeah. meant anywhere else, were they? No, no, not at all. And I don't think I saw anything deviate from the middle line. You know, so he, you know, he knew what he had to do and got it done very, very nicely. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. You know, he's a good, very solid player all round. You know, I can say I've you know, kept an eye on, you know, his career. I don't follow too many players, you know, shot for shots anyway. But, you know, I've kept an eye on his career and, you know, just straight away recognised the, the name <laughs> through about five or six different interpreted formats. But, um yeah, you know, he's a, he's a very good player. And uh, and sometimes I think, you know, when a player gets to win their national, win on home soil or the win their national title, they go to another level. You know, it's almost like they've, um, I suppose I want to a better expression, gets the monkey off the back, you know, Leopard Creek hey. in the National Park, boom. Um, wasn't meant that to be perfectly honest with you, but you know, yeah, you know, sort of like feel that they can, you know, when they can win on their own soil, they feel like they can win anywhere. But he's won mm. elsewhere, so you know, he wants to come and bring that back to home soil, and I think that's really good for him. You know, so yeah. mental that, was, as well. that was the elephant in the room I, I was going to bring up, but we thought we'd miss that one out. <laughs> yeah, be careful. There's a giraffe with his neck sticking out, you know, poking his head over the top of your head. Um, I think one of the things. So, um, you know, we, we also have to be looking at his, um, yeah, we, we talk about putting all the time. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you know winds me up is generic coaching. Yeah. Of, of the principles that we're talking about, you know, and irrespective of reputation, I'm not going to name names, but irrespective of reputation, the generic principle of coaching that goes around the most difficult and challenging part of the game, used the most times, the one club used the most times, is pitiful. Mm -hmm. You know, we've shared a video this morning with a YouTube, right? And we're not gonna name names, you know, but talking about getting left hand low, I don't know a single coach, putting coach, specify you know somebody who's specialist in their field who wants to use the hands that the grip ultimately is not bearing on the hands because the body should be making the stroke happen so the movement of the shoulders which focuses on the movement of the chest effectively then allows the hands to swing from side to side 
that then allows the putter to swing through the ball. Why on earth are we focusing on going left hand low so that the left hand can push the putter away from the ball and then pull the putter through the ball from a position where you are bent over, where you physically can't keep your head still, and yet the emphasis has been placed on the fact that the head is still in this particular method. I mean, it's just like, and, and then let's not, let's go left below right, because if we go right below left, we can't square the shoulders up and our forearms up. And so the path of the club will go left. But if we go left below right, then so we're going to go to the right. So if you're pulling your putts to the left, switch your hands around, because of course, everything else is going to become more stable. You're going to rock the shoulders. It's just, I don't care how good you are as a swing coach, stop messing with the putting principles. One, when you don't know what you're talking about, because you're counterintuitive to what you're talking about. If you're going to be aiming to the left with your right hand low, then you put your left hand low the reaction will be that you'll close, mm. you know, and your path becomes in to out, you know, and we've seen that, you know, we've seen Rory do it. We've seen, you know, great players who struggle with their putting do these things, but you shouldn't be putting with your hands in the first place, you know? So your hands are just positioned on the club to facilitate the movements of swinging the club from side to side through the ball. Yeah. The most important part of the putting stroke is the shaft plane because that stabilizes everything. If the shaft is moving in plane, you know, with a variable can, you know, can have a subtle variable and I expect it to be zero all the time. But if the shaft's in plane and it's hang, hanging at 68 degrees, which is where an awful lot of good putters hang from, you know, around that 68 to 70 degree mark, then ultimately you can keep the face square to the path of the club. And it doesn't matter that the club face then is rotating through the ball at a rate that is equivocal to the path and shaft plane movement so i don't know why it is that folks seem to think that you know trying to keep the face square is a good thing because yeah. it's not it's anti it's anti-human for a start so it's anti-physics as well you know why why do we want to create limits to things if it, it be for fear of it breaking down well why are you giving the hands over to the putting stroke then because the only thing that can break down you know, is, is the wrists, you know, if you're putting with your hands, then the wrists can break, you know, and especially when you hold me light. I mean, you know, it comes back to it, you know, what, what we've smashed out there this week with the putting yeah. mitts, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of the putting mitts went out last week. It's just like, wow, thanks guys for, for, for inquiring, you know, and if you haven't had it, you know, let us know, send contact us on the, um, website that Andy Gorman Golf in the top right hand corner subscribe to the newsletter and we've got a copy of the of it right there for you. You can do that. But you know the putting myths, you know they they just need to get out there. You know so folk can be liberated by them. And you know we're not going to give them out. We're giving them out for free, so we're not going to stick them out on. But we're not going to stick them out on YouTube for you. You know it's not what you know. YouTube is a you know, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, but it's very difficult to discern what it is. And I don't yeah. want it to get lost. You know, the, these essential nuggets of information that you need to be mindful of for putting to improve your putting, guaranteed to improve your putting, you know, they're, they're worth your email address, mm. you know, so that I can help you with your putting so that you can then ask me 
ask Andy what it is that you know we need to know about putting. You know, what is it we need to do? And you know, the online coaching programs that's you know all of a sudden you know taking another jump forward. With you know, I had a dozen clients sign up to online last week. Amazing. So you know, keeping keeping things very very busy. You know, we're talking about coming out of lockdown, but you know, I I had two international clients you know, out of that over the weekend, sign up, you know, the others were here in the UK who basically strong like, yeah, like, well, let's do this. Let's do the internet. Yeah, let's do, let's do the international golf program, but because I'm at home, because lockdown's forcing us to do that. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's quite exciting. The online coaching program is such a success. It's been a hundred percent successful, you know, in, in the six years that I've been doing it, every single client has improved to the measure that they wanted to see improvements and many 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 of them you know 90 plus percent have exceeded that yeah with that in mind just wanted to kind of touch on that how have you found it as a business owner as a, as a golf professional as a, as a specialist during this kind of second lockdown we've had in england how's the business coped how have you coped um personally uh, you know business actually funny business hasn't really coped that well um in the first three weeks last week something just ignited and i think obviously we've gotten our messaging out there right um you know so we've got new clients uh, signed up which which is fantastic the first sort of two and a half weeks three weeks nearly it was yeah, just you know, it was tough. I mean, the first week is like, right, okay, what's the strategy is going to be? You know, we didn't anticipate it. You know, it was. I suppose we did anticipate it, but it's like, when's it going to happen? If it's going to happen, will yeah. it happen this side of Christmas? Won't it happen this side of Christmas? There's too many questions, you know, around it all. And then, you know, of course, it happens. You've got four days to prepare, and you go, oh, great. So, as much as we were ready we still weren't ready because you know it, it, you know but we were more ready than the first time around but personally you know i've struggled with this one mm. i struggle with the fact that you know i can't go to the gym i can't golf and you know and there's no sunshine the the three main things that in effect i suppose apart from becky and you know the kids it's you know the thing that gets me out of bed each day you know mm -hmm. is bit of sunshine that's okay if it doesn't happen then i've got the golf i've got my clients you know i see people every day but you know to be at home the kids are at school becky's at work that's actually been a lot more difficult and i know i'm not on my own but i'm actually saying it out there you know yeah. that I know you're not on your own when you've gone through it you know and i know what you're going through you know and there's a lot of people you know i am half full cup as you know, I'm a very positive individual, you know, but there's been times where I felt a little bit empty, to be honest, mm. you know, this time around, because it's affected a lot of the way that I would do things, you know, and I never thought six months ago, if you'd have said that, you know, crikey, Andy's missing going to the gym. If I'd have, if you'd have said that to me six months ago, I'd have poked you in the eye and mm. said, get one, you know, um, get out of here. But, you know, no, I mean, that's, you know, I've missed it because, and the reason for going to the gym was medically, you know, required. So, you know, with the scoliosis um, and diagnosis and, you know, so on their strengthening, you need a gym to do it you need weights to do the things that i was doing i haven't got a home gym i haven't mm. you know i've got a putting green in my 
living room, of course, but I haven't got a home gym in my living room. Um, and we've missed that. Yeah, Becky's missed that as well. So, you know, so it's been that's been the toughest part, really, of, of this particular lockdown. And the fact that, you know, this is now the fourth month of the year that, you know, there's been no income. And, you know, businesses will struggle to do that, you know, yeah. irrespective of, you know, the 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 add-ons, you know, the, the bits here and there that you do. Um, you know, businesses can't do the things they want to do you know, survive when you're going in almost into survival mode, you know, because of the time of the year as well, that becomes a tough thing that you're wrestling with that rather than actually, you know, we should have been going into development mode for 2021. You've got big plans for the studio, you know, big plans for, for the coaching programs, etc. And, you know, you, you sort of reeling around going like, well, what, what, how, how, what, you know, what, what's the point in doing anything in the studio? Yeah, when people can't come in mm. and so you know that all those things are you know a challenge and as you can see you know the studio's right there behind you and it's beautiful you know, it is you know it's eight it's 800 square foot 80 square meters of, of prime coaching retailing custom building data capturing researching you know space that that allows me to to gain the knowledge and share the knowledge and you know, recover the not, you know, those, those data points that are necessary for students to improve their golf going forward, you know, so they've got something to, to look forward to, you know, whether getting out in the winter or getting out in the spring or the summer, you know, so. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's great. Well, I, be, I better get my duster out. I'll finish that Ubering. I'll get yeah, the Zen Boom stage yeah. sorted. You um, get crushed, you can clean. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back in. Let's say that's the most important part of, um, you know, of what, of what we uh, are now about. Yes, of course, online coaching. If you can't get to see me because you're in the wrong tier here in the UK um, or, you know, you, one, you can find me, number one. You know, you can come to the website at andygormangolf.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter. We can stay in touch. You can ask questions. Um, go to the Facebook page that we've got set up there, which is um, not titled Ask Andy. It's putting in short game um, Q&A, mm -hmm. uh, putting in short game golf Q&A. So I'm going to get title absolutely right. You can find us on that. Um, Ask Andy anything you want to know about putting in a short game. And we're here for you at the end of the day. We're here to help you with your putting. We're here to help you with your short game. We're here to help you with your overall game, as in how to approach things. It's all about performance. You know, and sometimes, you know, we can just help our performance by having a little bit more skill, a little bit more um, awareness of where that golf ball needs to be so that you can get the ball in the hole in as few strokes as possible with the skills that you've attained from me on the putting and short game. So, you know, you know where to find us. Thanks for watching. Can't do it and listening for, uh, can't do it without you. The, the audience is really important. Like I, I say, it, said it before, we can do it without you. We can just chat shit about golf and nobody listens. It's Gareth and I having an hour um, doing what we do best, which is chatting shit about golf, but we're here to chat shit about golf, helping <laughs> you to improve it. All right. So uh, yes. Um, and bring it on. If you know of any videos that are chatting worse shit than what I can on putting and short game, then send them in to us as well. Because we would love to see what it is that you've had to put up with. And we'll put it right. <laughs>
All right, there's the challenge going As long forward. as they're not a mine, none of my videos. Gareth oh, well, there'll be a few, but um, yeah, so don't look for Gareth Shaw Golf, um, just in case you stumble across something that's not quite right. But if you can find something, we will tear it apart maybe on one of these podcasts um, and, you know, tell you why I believe that it's wrong and why it's holding you back. And maybe that's uh, a bit of a challenge that you'll get your teeth into. Uh Thanks again for listening. And I say, we'll see you uh, and listen. Uh, you can listen to us same time next week. Um, appreciate it. You're a great audience. Thanks for all your love. And we will catch up with you next week. Bye for now.